0: So this weekend was a complete disaster. I had a whole display on the water. What did you do? It's getting to be lobster season. So I got my little 13 whaler out and I was gonna go out and make sure everything was okay. And I did what you should never do with a boat and I let it sit for like six, seven months. So take the boat to the ramp, put it in the water, get the engine started. It was a little hard to start because it's been sitting obviously with the fuel. But got it started and everything was running, drove it all the way to my house, put it on the dock and no problems sitting there getting ready on the boat, loading the boat and doing this and doing that. And the engine just shuts off. Oh, no. So now I'm like, oh, great. You know, sun's now starting to come out, I'm losing my shades and I got to troubleshoot the engine and, um, you know, working on the engine, go over pretty much everything and the engine just lost spark. And so I tested down and it actually needs a stator. So Now the boat's stuck in the dock and I end up having to have my neighbor help me. And here we are, we paddle it from my dock back to the ramp and my neighbors has a renter there. So they're all fishing off of their dock, watching me and my neighbor (laughs) paddle this boat from my house all the way back to the ramp. (laughs) Oh man. Like I said, it was a, it was a display for sure.
1: Oh, that's great. You got an audience and everything watching you paddle that. How far did you have to go to get back to the ramp?
0: I mean it wasn't too far. Like, um, it's probably it's it's not a far ride. It's so that my house is right here and just around this like channel is another ramp that we were actually fortunate enough to be able to use. And so there's also a bridge there so the current comes in. So we actually paddle out to the current and once we hit the current it really kind of drove <laughs> us the rest of the way, but it was still yeah, Where, I mean did you have it, your it, hat it pulled still. down
1: and hiding your hiding your yourself so nobody knew it was you?
0: yeah i mean i mean i i don't know i had my i had my sombrero on for sure my straw hat out there in the sun yeah. i trying to stay out of it but um <laughs> no what i should have done is turn the radio on and turn it up real loud and then <laughs> hey bring attention
1: to myself <laughs> hey we're just enjoying the day man this is good it's better than a paddleboard we got it
0: for sure <laughs> that's too funny so uh what were yeah, you getting was, your boat ready for yeah lobster season man so it's getting ready to be mini season and then open lobster season. And I've got a little 13 foot Boston whaler that uh, we built into a bully netter. And so I was just getting that out to finish up, finish up a couple of things. And actually there's a lot of videos that I've got that I haven't made yet on that boat, just because um, I was waiting for lobster season. I want to take it out and, you know, get some video of doing some bully netting on it before I make those videos and, Put that. So is, stuff there, out, is there so. a
1: new how to replace the stator video coming out?
0: <laughs> um, I I was I was hot and frustrated, so I didn't even record any of the troubleshooting or any of that. I was just like, man, I got to get my boat going, you know. Some and behind so the scenes stuff that nobody any needs
1: to see. Yeah, that's good. So when when the yeah, lobster yeah. season kick off?
0: So the last Wednesday and Thursday of July okay. is what they call mini season. And then August 1st is, um, opening of your regular season.
1: Okay. So you're, you're heading out. What do you do? You free dive for those you scuba dive. How, how does that work?
0: Well, um, yeah, you dive for them, uh, during the day, regular, you can, I mean, commercial guys will trap them, but you mainly just dive for them. Or you can go out at night and, um, at night they'll get up on the flats and they'll walk along the grass and they'll like migrate kind of like a, I mean, I don't know if migrate's the right word, but they'll, they'll walk around and move around and they'll eat and feed and, okay. um, move around. So you can get up on the flats and like a bully netter, like, like a little, a little boat with lights down in the water from the front and you can see them walking and you can just net them from, from the boat. Oh, Really? Um, at nighttime, yep. It's I mean, it's really fun.
1: Okay, how many can you get
0: per person? Recreationally, you can get six in Monroe County, and in I'm pretty sure the rest of Florida, you can get twelve. Okay. So, like, if you're you know any other county besides Monroe, you can get twelve lobster per person. But down in Monroe and the Keys, I mean, it's a little bit different because it's there's they're a lot easier. You know, they're a lot more you know close together, and they're eight feet of water, and um, people just go down there and and just take so many that they had to drop oh, yeah. the number down, you know, to keep the population up.
1: I've never done it. It looks, it looks like it would be a lot of fun, but um, it looks a little crazy too. Is it
0: mini season is definitely insane. Like mini season. I, I don't even, I haven't been out in a mini season. Well, bully netting. I, I, I have gone out bully netting during mini season, but I haven't gone out actually diving in mini season for a few years now, just because, it gets so hectic out there. I mean, you look on the water, like five in the morning, there's a thousand boats just running through the channels, just trying, just going out into the Bay. I really? mean, there's so many boats. It's, it's, it's a free for all. I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's actually even dangerous where people come down that have never even driven a boat before or operated a boat. And they, um, you know, they go rent a boat, they take their family out. And now you got, people in the water and then people that don't know how to operate a boat trying to drive around them. And, you know, mistakes happen. People leave the boat in gear and now the, you know, the currents taking the boat, the currents taking the people, people are climbing up the back with an engine and gear. And I mean, it's, it's almost every other year or so that someone actually, there's actually fatality where someone gets ran over by a boat or hit by a prop or, you know, some kind of accident happens. And so, I I haven't been out in a regular mini season for a few years outside of bully netting.
1: So you do, and you do that at night?
0: Yeah. And that's at night. Okay. Yep. So you can go midnight on Wednesday um, on the last Wednesday of July, midnight, you can go out and bully net and then you can bully net all the way up until midnight of Thursday night.
1: Yeah. I've never, never done it, but it looks, it uh, looks awesome. And they look like they're pretty delicious from, from what i see online
0: oh for sure for sure i mean i i like catching them more than i like eating them to be honest with you but yeah they're definitely delicious i do like a lobster for so sure So
1: you, you just you dive down and you would you say eight to ten feet of water
0: yeah a lot of places in the bay that we go are like um there's just that different places in the bay that have like holes so in the bottom on the on the sea floor there's or bay floor whatever you want to call it there's different like holes and ledges and stuff. And during the day they hide in those holes and stuff to, you know, for protection. And you can, if you know all the spots or have spots or numbers or whatever you, um, you know, dive down there and you just snorkel down there. If you go deeper then a lot of people do dive for them. But most of the time, if you're in eight feet, 10 feet of water, snorkeling is fine. You can go down there and have enough time to take a little stick and get them to come out of the hole and then you know, you net them and bring them up.
1: That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I need to put that on my on list of things to do here. So let's get let's mm-hmm. get to the first question here. Um we pulled these right off your channel and um and a couple off my channel as well. But this is from feralcat five eight six zero. Um got a question bought about the gel coat or paint has not been taken care of um if you wipe your hand across the boat in most areas the white paint comes off on your hand uh like rust dust uh but white paint dust can i try to polish the boat or what needs to be done any help would be appreciated so what what um first of all what is that white dust explain that a little bit
0: Mm, a lot of it it's oxidization but it's also just the gel coat gotten old and dried out and so it's you know, flaking, it's not flaking off, but it's, you know, you're, you're wiping, you know, gel coat and oxidization off of the boat. Yeah. Just from age.
1: Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that gel coat dries out over time or if, it, mm-hmm. or if it's not taken care of the right way, if you're not uh, waxing it and protecting it from the, from the sun and all right. the elements and, and the salt down there for sure.
0: So what he can do, you know, it all depends on how bad also, well, he said it's white. So um, white's good. That's, that's <laughs> a lot, a lot the, easier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Compared to like a, a black boat, you know, or, you know, any kind of color, like a dark color, yep. those are going to be harder, um, to get back. Cause then you can, you know, you can like, if you got if it's so bad where you got to wet sand it, then, um, you know, you can wet sand through that color and then you'll have, you know, faded spotchy, you know, spots on the boat. If you, if you have to wet sand it, but pretty much what you're going to do, if it's that point, he might be able to get away with a cutting where you just do a cutting compound and then, you know, wax and polish, buff the whole, you know, one, two, three. Uh, But if it's bad enough, wet sand, cutting compound, uh, buffing, waxing
1: the polish. Yeah. And it's, it's a matter of how great do you want it to look? And how much mm-hmm. time and effort do you want to? And effort oh, being yeah. the <laughs> effort being the key, right there. How much uh, yep, sweat do you sure. want to put into it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can spend two days and you know running a buffer like it's you're you know you're gonna wear yourself out. But <laughs> um, I mean, it'll look great when you're done. For most boats, even when they get that way, yeah. If you if you put in the effort and and do the whole process of the wet sand all the way to the polish, then. I mean you'll make the boat shine again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the pay attention to staying in the shade. Get get the boat in the if it's if it's hot wherever you are. Feral cat, I'm not sure where you are, but if it's hot, keep that sun off it. Do it under a shade. Do it indoors if you can, because uh you'll Mm -hmm. be working your butt off and it'll it'll also make it a little bit easier too.
0: And and you also, you know, then once you do it then. Depending on where your boat at, you know, how many times a week do you use the boat? How, where do you keep the boat? You can get a cover to cover it. You could also, you know, if you use it pretty regularly, you might need to uh, reapply, you know, re-wax it every three months, six months, depending on, you know, where you're at and how you use the boat to keep that from getting to that point again.
1: Yeah, because it's not just a one time, oh, I brought it back to life. Now I'm done. It's, you gotta, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a gel coat needs, it needs maintenance, just like everything else. You got to keep it clean. You got to get the salt Mm -hmm. off it. If you're in salt, you got to keep a good coat of wax on it. What do you, what do you wax your boats down there? If they're uh, sitting in the sun, if you're, if they're not indoors or, or stored in the shade,
0: just a regular 3M wax.
1: Yeah. How often do you do it?
0: Most of my boats are so old that I've never, you know, I never,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't really worry about it until it's time to sell
0: it. Then I'll do the whole, you know cut it and I'll do the whole process just, just to bring it back. But I'm lazy. I guess you'd say <laughs> in that aspect I, you know, you work I'm, so I'm hard, more hard on everybody gu-
1: else's boats that like the cobbler and his kids have no shoes. What's that story?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm more of a, go use my boat, bring it back to the dock, tie it up and you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm tired. They, they are a lot more fun if you don't have to do all that extra work to keep them in great shape. But I like that approach. Like I've got an older boat. I don't need to worry about it as much, keep the motor running, mm-hmm. make sure I get back safe every time. And, and, uh, the yep. other stuff can be done right before I sell it.
0: Looks like our next one you got Bob, Bob joy, seventy six fifty three says, I'm considering an engine upgrade to a new Merc 300 Pro XS. Can you tell me if the engine comes with the hydraulic steering module that mounts to the engine? Most likely a C-Star Pro, as I read that it's standard on that engine. Um, I mean, I don't really know about that. You know, do you know anything about those? Or the, on the
1: on the Pro XS, I would I would assume a, a that big a horsepower, you're going to be power steering, and and yeah, you've got yeah I would assume it's hydraulic power steering um but I don't know for mm-hmm. sure um on that yeah,
0: one. yeah, I know like a Verado um if you get a Verado, that one does come with a steering cylinder, but I don't know about the pro x s if it comes with a cylinder or not um i'm I'm not sure i it's definitely you know hydraulic steering, yeah, yeah, but whether or not it comes with that. I'm not a hundred percent sure.
1: Yeah. That, um, we, there also another, another question that uh, along the lines of steering that came from, came from my channel, uh, about digital steering versus our power steering. Are they the same?
0: No, they're not. They're not the same for sure. But, um, you know, digital electronic steering. I mean, that's for the most part, I guess it kind of depends on what brand you're talking about. So like, you know, Yamaha has got a fully, Electric steering system, completely digital electric steering system. Whereas a lot of other ones will have, like, a they call it electro hydraulic steering, so it's still got hydraulic steering cylinder and pump, but it's a power steering pump. So, um, no, they're not the same. I mean, a lot of the digital steering systems with joystick and stuff, Optimus 360, Mercury, um, and then some of Yamaha's, well not not really any of yamahas because they don't make that stuff anymore but they used to it would be an electro hydraulic where um your steering helms the joystick all that stuff is electronic and then there's a computer that controls the steering pump to you know run it back and forth wherever you you know use it so it's kind of like a hybrid system i guess you'd say
1: yeah and it really i mean it's uh is there a difference in in the handling it's really more about how easy do you want to be able to turn the turn the motor do you Mm -hmm. do you need the full power do you is just the main or mechanical i guess is the right word way to phrase it um steering if it's a 30 you might be okay but yeah the 300 hey that's gonna put some torque on you yeah
0: exactly i think you definitely you know horsepower is definitely a factor in there if you've got like a 30 horse yeah you You know, you might just have a tiller handle on it. You don't really need hydraulic or anything. I mean, mechanical cables still gonna be fine for those little engines. So, yeah, I think horsepower is definitely gonna play a factor. Yeah,
1: we've got it easy these days. I mean, back in the day when we were kids, yeah, I remember my dad, we had just the mechanical steering on an 85 on a small little mm-hmm. Lake, <laughs> pulling us kids around skiing. I'm sure he had to just be working his butt off all the time, getting that thing turned around every, every five minutes
0: for sure. For
1: sure. But let's, let's move on to the next one. This is, uh, Eric, Eric Elmer, five, two, eight, nine. Um, I've got an O four OptiMax took the boat in and they, they said the Schrader valve there was uh, the Schrader valve. There was no pressure. Um, fuel pressure coming from that valve on the vapor separator tank do you think it might be the first pump the low pump or the high pump or a different problem thank you
0: well i mean if you got no fuel pressure on the straighter valve on the vst then um yeah you got high pressure pumps not producing any pressure you're not you're not getting anything from the high pressure pump so most likely it's your high pressure pump's gone bad but at the same time if the vst is empty then it won't have any fuel to pressurize so you want to make sure that the vst is not empty and then yeah most likely it sounds like it i mean if you got no fuel pressure on your schrader valve on the vst then the high pressure pump's not making any pressure because you should have you know like 45 PSI or something there on the VST.
1: If you were looking at that, where do you start? Do you start at the, like at the fuel source coming in, or do you start somewhere else because you know it's likely going to be this? How do you kind of zero in on where to diagnose those problems?
0: I would start right there with that trader valve. So, you know, first thing, make sure you got fuel pressure. And if you got fuel pressure, um, you know, you can kind of move on down the, down the line this way like towards the injectors and stuff like that or if you don't have fuel pressure then yeah i would um crack the drain screw on the vst and see if fuel comes out to make sure there's fuel in the vst and if there's nothing comes out then okay yeah, i done hooked the hose going to the vst and then turn the key on or you know um depending on the engine model crank it or whatever and see if the low pressure pump is you know putting fuel into the vst and then if it is then yeah open up that vst and look at that pump or if it's not then start working my way back down the line okay is the low pressure pump not getting power is it not turning on is it a diaphragm pump go to the primer bulb you know and work your way all the way back to the fuel tank from component to component and um as you go from The next one down the line, you'll, you'll find whichever one ain't working right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love watching your videos and just seeing you methodically go, I don't know which one I was watching the other day, methodically go from, okay, we're going to start here and next, okay, that's good. It's kind of like a a tree diagram. You're like, okay, this one's good. So we go here. If that's not good, we go here. That Mm -hmm. methodical way that you approach diagnosing issues is, is. I don't have that in me, <laughs> that level of detail. <laughs> so I've always, I'm like, God, he's he's got it, like he's got it figured out. He knows what he's doing. Maybe you've worked on a few engines before. I don't know.
0: It's just work the process, you know. <laughs> work work the process. You go from one item, one thing at a time. That's what I'm big on. Is
1: did, did you go to technical, or did you um did you just have learned this like as an apprentice?
0: Um, mainly growing up. Around boats and then, um, yeah, going to a tech school and then working at a marina for 10 years.
1: Okay. Just been through been years. through many scenarios, seen it since you were a kid.
0: Yep, yep. My dad, yep.
1: just he just let me hold the flashlight, and then I, I never got it at the right angle, so <laughs> uh-huh,
0: <laughs> I didn't, yep, I didn't get sure. to learn too
1: much. Brandon Williams, 1720, says, um, and this may have come from another video. I don't know if you know which one it is. Another tip when pulling the... the the I'm assuming that's the NEMA cable um through no, would be I the think u-
0: he mechanical cable. What was it? I think he's talking about mechanical cable, like a shift and throttle cable. Oh okay,
1: okay. Would be to use a 10 30 second coupling nut, attach the new cable to the old cable, uh using the coupling very slim setup and won't pull off. So you mm-hmm. remember that video?
0: Um yeah I think that video is going to be um pulling changing out shift and throttle cables on on a boat. Okay. And um yeah, I do have a 10 30 second coupling nut. The only, I guess you'd say a disclaimer there is gonna be where if you have the like cable, so your mechanical cable's got an end like this long on it, right? Okay. And then on the other side it's gonna have a thing right here that goes in and out and that's the cable. Now if you take two of these that are this long and you put them together and now it's this long, now when you're pulling that through a rigging tube, you need to make sure that you have enough space coming out of the rigging tube to make a bend and you don't, you know, do one of these numbers and bend any part of that, you know, cable because then now your cable's not going to be working right because you're going to the end's going to be bent. And then if you bend it back, sometimes you can't get it back to run smooth, like a brand new cable. So, um, that's, I guess the only thing you need to watch out for is making sure that there's enough space on the end of the rigging tube to pull that cable out without bending it since it's going to be, you know, this long and they're attached together. Yeah.
1: Is that a, I learned that the hard way lesson, or is that, I learned that from somebody else's lesson.
0: Um, I think a bit of both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I like if you can I think a bit somebody of somebody else's lesson that you learned it from, that's the right way to go. But, uh, very, yep, yep. very seldom is that always the way it works out. So, uh, all right, let's go, uh, LAX Gators, uh, says great video. I have the same boat. Uh, are you finding that these boats need more than one house battery? I've got a yellowfin 26, two, and the Evo 19 starts to dim out after a few hours of running. I assume from low, low voltage because if I switch to the emergency parallel, it brightens back up.
0: Yeah, I would say you definitely, I mean, you kind of got either three issues going on there. Um, You know, most, most boats only need one. Well, I guess you can't say most boats, because now these boats that are anything bigger than like a 26, they're packed full of so many electronics that, yeah, you might need more than one house battery. But I mean, even that 26 yellowfin, because a, that a 26 Yellowfin with an Evo nineteen has probably got two subwoofers and eight speakers and <laughs> you know a 1k transducer, spotlights, oh, you yeah. know, all these lights, underwater lights, all this stuff. So you're gonna be consuming a lot of power. But as long as you aren't consuming more <laughs> for your battery than you know you need, then um one, the battery could be going bad or, um, you got a charging issue, which is, which is possible, but it sounds like if you switch it over to parallel and then everything starts, you know, if it brightens back up, then yeah, either your house battery is starting to go bad or it's not charging properly. So I'd, I'd look at one of those two things before going through the effort of adding a second battery, but right. A lot of these boats, once you get up to 28, 30 feet, a lot of them do have more than one house battery because, you know, start adding subs and speakers and amps and radars and yeah, it's no longer you just got that. a
1: an AMFM uh A track tech player and <laughs> and your nav lights. <laughs> like what else yeah. could we put on this helm that uh that's gonna make this a little easier? So Oh for uh, sure. I, I watched another one of your videos where you were you were putting in battery switches, I think. Um and, mm-hmm. and you mentioned a couple things in there about you upgraded the cable, I, I, I don't know if yep. what, you, what you went from what to what, um, but you were also talking about the you know the things that can keep your your batteries from getting charged up completely. Is there something mm-hmm. like that that could be in play there?
0: By and large, most boats are they come with the right gauge wire um, you know to supply power to your electronics and all your stuff or your house battery from your charging system most of that, the gate, the gauge is done from the factory, but as boats get older, you know, people start adding stuff. They add the stereo, they add the radar, the autopilot, the power steering pump, like they add all that stuff. Now you might, you know, if you've got a six or eight gauge wire feeding your house stuff, that might not be enough. And you might need to, um, give a, a bigger cable to supply that amperage to power all that stuff. So
1: You've never seen any, any crazy add-ons that, uh, isn't exactly how you would do it. Have you, when it comes to electrical,
0: (laughs) (laughs) almost all the boats, you know, (laughs) anything that's
1: over five years old, I'm guessing you're like, what is going on back there?
0: Yeah. There's usually been someone in there. Um, I think, I mean, that's all kind of part of the deal though, you know, with a boat, that's just, that's just part of the deal. I think probably the number one pet peeve of most people is going to be, um, people that don't have flush cutters and they just cut the zip ties and like leave a little end on there, and <laughs> slice your hand up when you go in there. It's like, if you don't have flush cutters, don't even cut it. Just leave the tie. Like the way it is like, you know, that'll be, that's better. It's better. Leave it. That's <laughs> like, a man that's it.
1: been cut more than a hundred times. <laughs> Probably yep. more than that. I mean, it's,
0: it's to the point where I don't even reach my hand and I just grab my flush cuts and I go in there and I cut the ends off before I even start, like, I'm you like, eh, I'm not doing yourself. that. That's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you get a gash down the side of your hand. You're like, no, nah, I'm not. No, nah. <laughs> now you're bleeding all over the boat. Oh, and it's yeah. like, I don't want to get everything dirty. I got to clean that up.
1: <laughs> See, that that's something you learn from experience right there. You can't, you can't learn that from a book. That's not being taught in tech school. That's not being taught anywhere, but uh, actually getting cut.
0: Yeah. 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 That's so that's probably a bigger pet peeve than having to figure out, you know, what kind of electronic blunder somebody's made in a boat.
1: Is that one of the hardest things to diagnose is the electrical issues. It seems like there's so many things that could, other than maybe a fuel issue, uh, there could be so many options or so many issues that, uh, could be causing the problem.
0: I don't know. I mean, I kind of, it's all, you know, it's all what it is. You just kind of go with whatever they say. You know, the, if the complaint is this, then you go look at that system and then you just kind you work the process of the system. So, um, I don't know if one thing's harder than another thing. It's, it's just a matter of figuring it out. Yeah. So you, you, just, you
1: love that. Don't you? That do you like the, yeah, the figuring yeah, yeah out part, I do solving the, the problem.
0: Yeah. I, I do enjoy the diagnostic part of, of it. Cause it's, you know, you got to figure it out. Um, it's a different thing altogether though, because, um, you know, when it comes to billing, that that's a whole new thing because diagnostics is kind of like, well, you don't, you know, you don't know, you know, so.
1: Well, yeah, you got to balance. You're like, I can just go fix the thing that I think it might be and spend Mm -hmm. time and and parts money there. Or I can spend an hour starting here and tracing it to there and make sure when I give the boat back to them, it's the right thing that I I fixed and the only parts that had to be done.
0: Yeah, I think that I definitely agree with that more than anything. It's definitely going to be quality, and I don't want it coming back for the same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't want a boat to come back with the same issue. Like, you know, when I, when, when you get it back, you know, that's, you know, it's fixed. Yeah. It's not, you know.
1: Yeah. That would be, I would say as a, as a boat owner too, that is probably one of the, the biggest complaints is I took my boat in, uh, took my boat in for this. And now I'm bringing it back for that same thing that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, I get but the other thing, does this ever happen to you? You work on something that's a little older, you fix the thing and that, but then the new, a new thing breaks after that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get, Hey, what happened? It was working fine when I dropped it off.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen that process play out enough. I mean, it's to the point where like, we don't even really work on two strokes anymore for that exact oh, really? reason um, down here. Yeah. I mean, up north, it's it's a little bit different because, you know, the freshwater and, and the temperatures and the slower, like not slower, but the less boating season, whereas down here, all year round's a boating season. But, yeah, a lot of two strokes, that's exactly the scenario that plays out. And you'll talk to some people and they'll, you know, be cussing this mechanic, that mechanic, and this mechanic, and you're the fourth mechanic that they're going to come on, and that's, that's the that's it. You know, they got this problem. You'll go on, you'll fix that one problem. And then, you know, they'll go use the boat two, three times and then boom, something else, you know, you fix the stator, then the rectifier regulator, the trigger and the ignition coil go bad. And it's like, it gives the same problem, but it's just this component failed. You fix this one. Then that one fails. Then that one fails. And it's every other time they use the boat, something's failing. And so now it's kind of like, we don't even we really don't even work on them anymore because of that. Because I know it's just, you're just, I'm just going to be the next mechanic that you're <laughs> mad at because We're your engine keeps breaking. <laughs> yep. I'll be number five. And then you're going to go to the next person. And you know, it's, it's unfortunate because you know, it's down here in heat and, and the use some of the, you know, the 25, 30 year old engine just isn't as reliable. Like, I mean, the mine's my bowling netters. That's a, that's a, prime example as a 2010 four stroke and the stator just went bad you know out of the out of the blue like you know just so it's more prominent on the 25 30 year old engine yeah and um so it's well that's a harsh that's
1: a harsh life man to be in salt all the time Mm -hmm. and yeah you know and like you said you didn't run it for for six eight months Mm -mm. that salt's just, I assume the salt air down there is, is just thick. And yeah, I mean, that's going to damage everything just sitting. It's getting,
0: it's just as harming, you know, sitting as it is, you know, it's better to just run it than it is to let it sit. Because when it's running, it's, you know, getting fuel, getting oil, getting lube, it's moving like parts are moving. But then when it sits now, all those parts are not moving. They're not lubed. They're not, you know, no grease, no nothing. So it's kind of like that. That harsh salt air just it makes stuff rust and then you go to use it now that rusty part, you're putting stress on it and boom it breaks. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, I did a uh my program, the the confident coastal boater, the captain that I I had to help me with that, he used to say the only thing that salt water doesn't damage is salt water. That was that was one yeah. of his favorite sayings. I'm like, Yeah, you're probably right. Being a freshwater guy, I don't think about it as much. You know, I I've got mm-hmm we're three hours from, from Charleston and do some saltwater boating, but it's a different animal. And then all the way down where you are, what did you say? It's, it's a little bit saltier down there than, than up North.
0: Yeah. Oh, I would say so. I, um, I don't know if you would say it's saltier. I think just the mineral compound or I guess you'd say the minerals that are in the water are much more harsh on the engine. The farther, the, the closer you get to the equator, the harsher it gets. So, I mean, I'm not really, I'm not a chemist, so I don't really know if that's really the right thing to say, but I know that, yeah, the water, the the minerals or the salt or, or whatever it is, the, the makeup of the water is a lot harsher than it is, you know, Cold salt water in New York.
1: Yeah, w- whatever it is, it's making you causing you to paddle your uh paddle your whaler yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure why I had to do that, but I did because uh yep. because of the salt.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like um um this next guy's question or well his his uh, comment um Dave hagiag 4702, he says do you use 304 or 316 stainless steel bolts on the transom? And I mean, for the most part everything in the marine is 316 like if 316 is not available then yeah 304 but um by and large pretty much everything marine is 316 stainless steel
1: yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna rust at some point so you, the better the mm-hmm. better you use the better material you use the longer lasting it's gonna be for sure, for sure. Can you use speaking of that do you use um oem parts most of the time like is that is it worth it
0: oh yeah i mean i try and always use an oem before and aftermarket, but i mean right now you kind of got a problem where <laughs> stuff's not even available yeah. like um you know you can't even like there's some manufacturers that can't even get oil filters right now so is it still like, going on you know, oh yeah i mean it's i don't understand it but i do know that there are some manufacturers that, yeah, you can't even get an oil filter right now. And, um, you have to, you know, you, you want to do a service on a boat and it's like, you can't even change oil. Like we can do the whole service, but we can't put an oil filter on there because we can't get one. <laughs> so crazy. like, you know, it's, it's pretty rough, but, um, yeah, I would definitely say OEM.
1: Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize um, there was still, you, can, you know, there was still that big of a, our, our, Still, that type of supply chain issues. I thought we were we were through most of it. I knew the there's steering system issues that I've heard of.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think for the most part we are through it, but it's gonna like there's just hit and miss things that are completely random. Like what? How does like how'd you make that? You know, like yeah. how <laughs> how'd you drop that ball? You know, like how'd you drop
1: you know like the the one you ran out of oil filters. Let's go to uh ceremonial guardsmen. Ceremonial guardsmen. Uh, so, what kind of paint is it if it 's flaking off recently bought a hundred twenty three with bottom paint bottom paint flaking off all over the place
0: Uh oh, this was from
1: another one of your videos i think was it um was it bottom paint that you were doing a bottom paint video or
0: yeah, I think that one came from a bonding paint video i'm guessing but um yeah, no I mean hunter I like a hunter hundred twenty three that's a nice boat um but yeah, the bottom paint flaking off all over the place, that kind of, there's kind of mainly two things there that that'll make that happen, um, over time. And one, it either didn't get prepped right or they didn't sand the bottom and then just painted it. And, and, um, the paint didn't have a good service to adhere to. If it's being painted on fresh gel coat that has wax in it, then, um, the, the paint will flake off cause it can't stick. Or another thing is that depending on how many layers of paint are on the boat, um, there's basically two types of bottom paints. Whereas you got a hard paint or an ablative paint. Hard paint is basically stays on. It's, I guess you can say permanent. And then there's ablative, and ablative is made to, you know, wipe off over time. So over time, it'll slowly, you know, as you run the boat, it'll slowly come off of the boat. So if somebody, let's say the boat was painted with hard paint, then someone put ablative on there, and then someone put hard paint on over the ablative. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have all these spots popping off because, you know, the ablative is made and designed to wear off of the boat, whereas the, the hard paint's not. So, and unfortunately, you might have to just sand all that off or pressure wash it power, or um, sandblast it off. Um, that's un, That's unfortunate, but... I mean if it was my boat and the boat lives in the water with the bottom paint, I would just keep up by painting it every year and and not worry about it. You know no one's ever going to see the bottom of your boat. Yeah, as long as you're as long as you're, per- as long as you're protecting it, boat.
1: it. Yeah, as long as it's uh doing its job of protecting the protecting the gel coat and the hull, um, you're in good shape. That and if you were to take the hey, let's let's sandblast it off and let's redo the whole thing. It's a mm-hmm. it's a project especially if oh, you're doing it in the project. July and August and it, it's going
0: to get expensive too. Cause once you sandblast it, now you got to go in and fix all the, um, I mean, I guess if you're going to repaint it, it doesn't have to be perfect, but once you sandblast it, you're going to have all kinds of chips and other, I guess you call scarring yeah. in the gel from the sandblaster. So you're going to have that repair and then the paint. So, I mean, um, yeah, as long as it's not growing barnacles on the bottom of your boat, then I'll just paint it and not worry about, You know that 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 aspect yeah that
1: that three seconds when you get up on plane somebody might see it but uh but that's about it Mm -hmm. just let it roll have you done have you done a lot of bottom paint jobs
0: oh yeah i mean bottom paint's easy though you just you know as long as you get it prepped right recoats are even more easy but yeah you just tape tape the tape line and roll it on there it's you know it's a thick Thick paint so it's not like you know you're not you're not playing picasso down there it's the bottom <laughs> of the boat you're just making sure you get it on there and you're not missing any spots and and you know two coats and and that's pretty much it that's the um i mean bottom paint is to keep growth from going on your boat because it lives in the water yeah so you know you you pretty much only see this much of the bottom paint that's above the water line everything else is on the bottom of the boat and making sure that you don't grow a bunch of barnacles, which will affect the performance of the boat.
1: Yeah. Doing its job, doing its job. I used to, I -hmm. was in, when I first, um, like in the freshwater, you know, most boats don't live in the water unless you're talking about a big cruiser, but I was always explained to it. It's like a a bar of soap where it just, it's designed to every, the layer keeps coming off a little bit at a time Yeah, uh, to keep all that. That's a good analogy for a
0: blade. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, all right, let's go to, um, let's go to Bruce D. James, uh, says another great video. Uh, I was wondering what was used to strengthen the transom. Were those cylinders of fiberglass that were glassed into the transom or something else? Thank you. uh, Um, Thank you very much. That's what that is.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yep. 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 Um, no, they're, they're foam. It's a foam, um, core piece that uh the fiberglass guy just glassed on there cut them to you know be like a bracing okay and then um, you know they soak them in resin and then glass them to the transom and once they that resin dries it becomes just a solid it's a coring material it's a foam coring material pretty much what every boat's made out of for the most part i would say 80 90 percent of boats out there foam core yeah
1: the the composites that they're uh, composite is basically just two materials and they've got mm-hmm. you get the best of both attributes i guess so you've got the mm-hmm. the lightweight and the buoyancy of the of the foam of the styrofoam and then you've got the rigidity and strength i guess of the of the resin you put those two yep. together and i mean that's a pretty good combination for a boat that you want to Float and, and you you want to stay stay strong. That's pretty good. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I I definitely say probably eighty ninety percent. I don't I don't think there's too many. There might be a couple of manufacturers out there that are still using wood as coring, but by and large, most most brands are some sort of a composite build, whether that's Kusa or um, foam or. Resin mold, or you know, something.
1: It's just a great application for for the boat because it's not going to rot. You know, even if you do you drill into it, unlike a you know any type of wood, Kusa. Except, what's Kusa made out of?
0: It's like a. I mean, it's a it's a type of glass. It's a. It's a it's a glass composite with. I'm not sure what the. The black stuff is in there, but it's it's mainly glass. Okay. It's, it's a lot of it's some sort of a glass makeup of composite. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what I'm the sorry, build I'm is. Aaron, I'm like,
1: sorry for that question. That was uncalled for. Put you on spot like that. You you already told me no, you're not I'm a chemist. You're like, listen, I'm not that. a geologist. I am I know boats. Leave me alone.
0: Yeah. I'm a mechanic, yeah. but, but I mean, no, no, that that's good though, because that, that, you know, there's going to be someone out there that knows the answer to that's that. True, and that's true. You know, they'll, they'll tell us about it. Yeah. So that's, I love that's it. good for sure. I would say,
1: Hey, I know a lot about boats, but there is way more about boats that I don't know than I do know. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, there's definitely
0: right. someone out there that's going to let us yeah, know. Yeah, there
1: we go. We learned something on this episode. All right, let's see. That was Bruce D. Uh, let's go to. Let's go to Michael Thompson 8015. Tape method is the way to go if you can. Uh also anytime you use your finger, you'll get a better result if you wet your finger in the in the water first. I assume you're applying uh caulk or
0: Yeah, laying some kind of a silicone or caulking or something There you go. Silicones the word yeah, out there. I mean, I like the tape method. It, I mean, I guess it all depends um you know, cuz I could do you could do if you do short enough spurts, then you can do it dry and make it look really, really good. So, um, you know, it, it depends on what exactly you're, you're doing. But yeah, if you've got, you know, an inside corner piece tapes, always going to be your friend. Or if you're doing, you know, in between two hatches, then you might be able to just, you know, go around it. And if you can lay a nice smooth line, with the gun before you even touch it, then you can come through and just make short little passes with your finger. And, and you can even do it dry and make it look really, really clean. But yep. I mean, wetting your finger for sure, <laughs> I think that's also something that takes practice. Once, yeah. You know, that, the more you do, the better you get.
1: Well, when, when I do it, I just get a big glob on my finger and <laughs> like, what? I make a bigger mess than if I would have just taped it off and slowed down a yep. little bit. That's also, The, uh, the methodical and the, the slow methodical, I struggle with that at times. Patience. (laughs) Patience. There you go. Patience (laughs) with my girls. I got, I got an abundance of that patience with doing a project. I'm like, let's get this done. Let's get back out of the water. Come on now. Yeah. But the, the, um, that, I think that's something that is, is a lot of times forgotten, taking care of a, taking care of a boat is, Hey, there, you've got a you got to redo that from time to time it gets dried out cracked and you know that can lead to bad things if you don't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eric Sullivan 3642 uh, is a wrap comparable to new gel coat. Um, I'll take the Joe coat all day long. Joe coat, a wrap. Mm-hmm. What kind of guy are you?
0: Um, I mean, obviously I would take the gel coat. <laughs> But, you know, for the cost, um, there's also a lot, I mean, I, I still like a wrap too. So, um, I think both have their, I mean, who doesn't like the look of a brand new freshly waxed gel coat boat? I mean, you know, especially if it's a pretty blue or like, you know, a good color, like, you know, who doesn't like that? There's no one that doesn't look at that and be like, oh man, with the water glistening off the side, like it looks beautiful. But then there there's also a rap where you can make it, you know, whatever you want. You know, you can make it I mean there's tons of really, really cool looking raps out there, like with fish and logos and this and that, and, like you can, you know
1: Yeah, yeah. The the ability to to put your personality or or your brand out there, um mm-hmm. I don't say easy, but you know, you would you didn't have that option before raps became popular and um mm-hmm. the you know, the versatility, the versatility of that, I I think there's some cool stuff that you see out of the water that are wraps, but, um, you know, the perfectly polished gel coat to to me, it's hard to be what, um, if you did a wrap, if you did a wrap on the whaler, well, (laughs) can you imagine wrapping your whaler? (laughs) That's what you need paddling down the road, or paddling down the uh, canal with your uh, newly wrapped whaler. What's that look like?
0: I painted it with a a light blue um, all grip paint. So it's like really shiny and pretty right now. But I mean, you know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think working with a graphic designer, I'm sure there'd be something really cool to come up with, but I'm also a fan of just a solid color, like just a, you know, a solid, clean, look i mean I, I i do like that the classic look to a boat you know just the clean shiny rub rails looking right like yeah, i like that
1: i i think i'm with you on that i i do like the joe coat but the the versatility of the wrap well, what's the coolest wrap that you've seen
0: um you know we we did a wrap on that venture or i pretty much watched um them put the wrap on um wraps done right um and he I mean, that one had dolphin and fish all over it with a couple logos. So that one looked really, really clean. Um, but something else about a wrap though, just, just thinking about it is that, you know, you can, you can take it off. So, yeah. you know, you can change it at, you know, every other year, if you wanted to, I mean, obviously the money's a factor, but um, you know, you could change it whenever you want. You could also uh, protect your coat. So let's say you buy a brand new boat. And then you wrap it. Well, if you leave that wrap on there for 10, 15 years, when you take that wrap off, it's going to be a brand new boat underneath. Yeah. So there's a protection factor to a wrap as well, I guess you'd say.
1: Yeah. I like the, I like the, um, the idea of changing it out. I mean, it's almost like you got a brand new boat, you know, you change the Mm -hmm. exterior and it, it will look like a brand new boat. If you've even going from the, the gel coat, to the wrap, you're like, it, it doesn't look anything alike. Right. Change up your personality and, and, uh, and all mm-hmm. that, that would be pretty cool. MX racing unlimited seventy-seven eighty-four. Uh, so what's the year, make and model and size boat? Is it uh, nice video? Those motors definitely look fun. What did you use for the reinforcement that are glassed in, uh, looked around PVC pipe. This might go with the other one. I should have pu- pushed mm-hmm. that up um pvc pipe the thicker one maybe or is it a piece of pieces of wood
0: yeah that's definitely on that um it's a 1985 um i think it was a 31 rybovich and um yeah they were just that foam those form that foam core coring that was made as a you know braces
1: okay was that was that the video where the where you had the um the flex in the in the transom is mm-hmm. that that video?
0: Yep. 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 That Rival Runner, they you know, really it wasn't designed you know in 1985 they didn't have <laughs> 300 horsepower Mercury racing yeah. outboards you know <laughs> with a bracket. now, huh? Yeah, so you know, once I don't know what year they put a bracket on that boat, but it you know, before it had 250 OX66s which are great engines, but um yeah. Once, once we put those, I mean, the, the Mercury racing 300 is very comparable weight wise to the OX 66, but the torque factor is, I mean, it's re it, it's ridiculously different. It's there's a lot of torque.
1: Yeah. Pe- people say like, Oh, it's the same horsepower. There's, you know, the, in the, you know, now that the weights come down on the four strokes, mm-hmm. I don't know if that argument that the, the two strokes were more powerful. What What do you think? Do you think the torque of the two stroke compared to what you're getting from like, you know, that racing 300, are, are they comparable now? Or is that argument still valid?
0: That's a heated question. All in <laughs> Come I mean, on, you know, Aaron, like, Take a
1: stance. Come on. <laughs> don't, don't be scared. Just take a stance.
0: I do. Cause I still love a two stroke. I mean, I like the smell of a two stroke. I like the sound of the two stroke, but, um, you know, and they are torquing, You know, two stroke is that it's instant, it's instant power. Yeah. You, know, you know, I mean, as soon as you hit that throttle, it is instant power, instant torque. But at the same time, that that three hundred race, I mean, that thing is instant power, instant torque. Like you hit that throttle down, it pins you in the seat. Like it's, I don't know if you could. I mean, someone would have to do some tests to see. You know, you'd have to put like a two fifty on a two fifty and yeah. two stroke versus the you know, race and see as far as, you know, whole shot and all that stuff. I don't know. I think they're pretty comparable. I don't think you can really tell. I don't think you could honestly say that the two stroke is more torquey than, than that, you know, 300R.
1: Yeah. I, um, it's it's kind of like what popped into my head was like comparing a, a 68 Camaro to a Tesla. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, they both are going to put you back in your seat but you can't the feel and the rumble and the, of the, of that Camaro is just going to be different than the, you know?
0: (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. You definitely, I mean, there's always going to be something about a combustion combustion engine, but there's also, I mean, electric is, is instant, you know, it's, so it's, I mean, it's a, it's a motor. It's not an engine. It's a, a, you know, windings and like it, like, It's instant. So when you hit that pedal, I mean, it is all that power straight to like, I mean, there's, there's no lag. It's just boom. Like you're out, you know, like, (laughs) and that's kind of interesting too. You know, I think there's actually somebody talking about, um, some electric stuff too on the outboards.
1: I think it was, it was asking the, the thoughts on where is electric? Is it going to take over or is it a, is it a valid option? Um, Mm-hmm. Do, do you, do you like it? Are you, are you on board? Like, Hey, that's, that seems like the, well, I, I think it's the direction thing. There we go. Um, the conversion about converting to electric power plants. Um, th- it's the way things are going to go. Um, but w- what's your experience with and what are your thoughts on it? Okay. We'll put you um, right back into another, uh, controversial, you got to, Take a stance here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I think, I mean, I like it. I like the electric stuff. I don't know at what point in time that that turn's going to happen, and I really don't see it taking over, um, fully. It's never going to take over a hundred percent, at least, at least not in the foreseeable future. Basically, you know, because of diesels and stuff like that, you've still got boats that are going to need that torque of a, of a diesel to move the weight and everything else. Whereas electric, um, yeah, you see it right now in, you know, the ski Nautique, the, the wakeboard boat and, you know, a lot of the, I think there's a one, one eighty. Yeah. EV, E-vision Marine.
1: I've right? actually run that, run that uh, motor. Our bit, I didn't drive the boat, but was on the boat that was running it. They're 180 horsepower. It's, it's interesting. It's like you said, it's, it's silent but it's it's instant i was on a down at um at ibex the international boat builders expo in tampa 2 years ago i think it was and they had a 180 on a it was a 24 pontoon that uh, they were running down in tampa and um there's probably 10 people on the boat adults and it it got up and moved i mean it was it was quick now, when we got back, mm-hmm. they plugged that sucker in right away. Cause they were, they were doing, you know, 15 minute demos, 15 minute demos, every, every uh, 45 minutes. But yep. that's, that's the question that I have is, or I think that's the limitation. When do we get to a point where you actually have some range at speed um, and, and, you know, offshore ugh, that. Mm-hmm. that would make me nervous
0: yeah that's definitely that's definitely everybody's question is the range factor you know i mean you you got ranges ranges what it's about you know if you're cruising on the boat you know, now if you're on a sailboat and you've got solar and you know you've got you know um wind and everything like that and you're just putting along you know making a travel you know totally different yeah topic than you know somebody that's wanting to go 150 miles to go fishing and then 150 miles back so that might run you know 340 miles over the over the trip that's you know where or people that are making runs to the bahamas or you know to these oil rigs or just you know a range when they're when you're hitting a range that you just don't have it with electric yet and it's, and you definitely don't have the speed either you know you're not doing I mean, well, now, obviously, the standard's totally different when you've got, like, Freemans that are doing 70 miles an hour for, you know, quick trips. Like, people are, you know, hopping on their boat at 7 in the morning doing 70 miles, 75 miles an hour in their 40-foot center console all the way to the Bahamas, and they, it takes them an hour and a half to get there. So, yeah. you know, that's it's a totally different subject, whereas most of these electric boats – you know they're doing thirties forties there was that one um I think it might have been e v um e vision or whatever um that made the race boat, and that thing did a
1: hundred yep,
0: so obviously it's there, but it's not there yet, you know like it's you know it's it's coming, but it's not there, and then all those boats are twenty twenty five feet long they're right you're not you don't have a forty five foot boat, let alone what they're making now 60 foot center consoles with four, six hundreds on them. Um, it's, it's not there. You, you're not going to get that yet.
1: Yeah. I think the, there's two things that, that pop into my head. It's one is if you're going to be running it at slow speeds, low RPMs. um, Okay. Now you've got, you know, the, the, uh the one eighty that they had uh, w- two years ago, I'm sure they made some improvements. I think the, the run time was five hours, but that was at, mm-hmm. you know, 2,500 RPM. That's different than we were running at, you know, 5,000 RPM with 10 people on the boat. And then the second mm-hmm. is what's the infrastructure look like? If you keep the boat right. on your own personal dock. Okay. But I don't know if I see charging stations at the Marina. I, I don't know. Right. That, that's a, yeah. that's a big one that, that I think needs to get figured out too.
0: Oh, and technicians. When something <laughs> yeah. breaks, who's yeah. going to work on it? Yeah. You know, like, so there's a whole.
1: I didn't even it, think about it, that it, side of it. Yeah, that's a whole nother, like. Yeah. Th- it's different than working on a Tesla where you got it up on a rack. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, when you're just out in the middle of a lake in the middle of, you know, Georgia or whatever, you know, you can find somebody to work on a fuel injected Mercury or Yamaha or even, you know, Honda, whatever. I mean, there's somebody they'll be able to figure that out. Now it's a little bit more difficult with computers and stuff like that, where, you know, depending on if you've got a code where you need a computer to plug in to figure out what's wrong with it, because there's a code. It's not like, you know, I'll just clean the carburetor or, you know, swap out an injector or oh you got a bad pencil coil or something like that, where it's like, you know, people are going to figure that out, but still, by and large, no matter where you're at, you'll find somebody within, you know, a few miles or so, that can that can, they can fix your engine, yeah. you know, and gets and and gets you back on the water.
1: If you've got some mechanical ability, there's still mm-hmm. some stuff that you can do on your own engine. Uh, you know, it's not like jumping into your two-stroke where. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I I see what's going on here. I get it. You open up the cowling on a a new Yamaha show, and you're like. Um, I don't even see anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. see anything that I recognize. It's all hidden yep. and, and back behind. Like if it's not a fuel line, but yep. I don't know what I'm looking at.
0: For most DIYers, they got the confidence to take the intake off, to take the shrouds off, and yeah, then you'll see it's still just a combustion engine under there. There's just sensors on everything because it's all electronically controlled to increase fuel economy and lighten the weight and do all these you know things that people want. Whereas the electric side of things now it's it's an electric motor and i you know i where where that technology is going to go and and how people are going to be able to service it technicians and can you diy that you know it's i don't know i don't really think there's that many people that have a tesla that are diy yeah. you know taking <laughs> you know taking the That's taking the point. thing apart to like figure something out you know it's It's, it's, it's new. Yeah. Still. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the, I mean, what, 10 years, maybe 12. I don't know when, like the, what was it? The first one that came out, but yeah, it is in its infancy in the next 10 years. I think we'll see some advancements, but, but yeah, there's a lot to to figure out in the boating world that um, that's different than being on land, being on Mm -hmm. land where, Hey, it's safe. If you break down on land, you're okay. Yeah, you break down on yeah. the water, even on a a bigger lake, eh, mm-hmm. can get dicey.
0: Yeah, most most places on land you still have cell service. Well, yeah, ex- yeah. Some places on water you don't have. <laughs> you know, you're you're out there at the mercy. You know, yeah. and one storm away from being flipped over.
1: Yeah, yeah. That gets a that gets a little scary. So we'll see. We'll check back in ten years. We'll see where we're at. Yeah. Uh, right. Any experience with the NISPRO supercharger for the Yamaha shows have a 250 on my 26 Suncatcher elite that a pontoon, um, upgrading to the 200 to, a upgrading the 250 to a 450 seems like an attractive option. Are you any, any experience with that?
0: Um, not a whole lot. I mean, I've seen the NISPROs. Um, I don't have a ton of experience for it. I mean, once you start doing stuff like that, though, you are like, it's a whole different ball game. You know, you're taking what do you say? He's got a he's got a 250, and he's going to turn it into a 450. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's it's you're going to wear out the engine quicker. Put it that way. Like, you know, you're you're taking a 250 and making it do a four, you know, 450 stuff. So, you're going to wear out the engine sooner. But I mean, yeah, while it works, that's going to be, you know, you're going to be rolling, you know, I mean, you got a 450 horsepower show with a supercharger, like you're going to be balling, but how long will they last? That I don't know too much about longevity and, um, you know, how many hours can you get out of the engine now? And, and that kind of stuff. So, um, I I I mean, I kind of look at it like, huh?
1: I, 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 my thought is like your common sense says if, they built it for 250 horsepower. Maybe that that same block is probably what 300. I don't know on the Yamahas for sure, but it it wasn't designed to handle that hard of running. Um, You're going to cut the life in half, I would think. um, mm-hmm. the, You're going to be balling for you're going to be balling for five years <laughs> instead of instead yeah, of, <laughs> something like that.
0: I'm I'm just looking up. Okay, so. Looks like a Sun Catcher 26 Elite is a Looks like it's a, it's a pontoon boat.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice so, it's a pretty nice pontoon boat.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I guess I I mean what exactly are you you know, <laughs> trying are, what to What are you doing on your pontoon it?
1: that you need 450? That's what you're thinking, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, the way I kind of look at it is like, you know, you've got you got a Ford Ranger and you got a Ford Ford F three fifty. Yeah. You can jack the Ranger up and put it you know, do all this stuff and put all this fancy equipment on it and, you know, make it, make it like a big truck, but it's not, it's still not a big truck. Yeah. You know, now you're trying to make this little truck do big truck things. And how long is that going to last? Yeah, Yeah, you can do it and yeah, it'll work, but how long is that going to work? That's what I'm kind of like, you know, I, I it totally depends on your wallet, really. Because I mean, true. if money's not a problem, yeah. then pff, all day, all your, day, baby, warranties jack that out thing the window. <laughs> like
1: day one, warranties yeah. out the window as soon as you do that upgrade. Um, but oh yeah, uh, you're you're down there, but you grew up in the you grew up in fresh water on lakes. There's something mm-hmm. to be said for being on a pontoon and passing a formula or a Baja or something like that. That feeling, oh, really, yeah. you're like you give them a little wave and they're like, what is going on here? <laughs> That's not right. For
0: sure. For sure. <laughs> but you got to pay for that. Like, like if it, like for sure, I'm all about the feeling and the experience and, and, and yeah, you know, if, you know, if, if it's in the budget, yeah. then go for I it. I was at the, but,
1: I was at the Charlotte boat show this year and there was a, Oh shoot. I want to say it might've been a Berkshire pontoon twin six hundred mercs on a it was twenty eight foot pontoon or something like that.
0: Yep. she's like yep.
1: what is going on in this world? <laughs> Things have gone crazy. <laughs> I
0: know. I know. We're in an eighty mile an hour pontoon boat. Like yeah. you know Yeah, I I remember the first year when they first came out with a six hundred like that was the first thing. Like it wasn't a few months later, but Bennington had one on the back of the boat. Uh-huh. Like it's on a pontoon boat. It's like <laughs> I don't know, you know.
1: Well, and even, even the center consoles down there, I mean, you know, three, you used to see a triple and you're like, wow, that's something. But now, mm-hmm. like if oh, you don't have yeah. trips, like, come on, man, what's going on? What well, what's the most, oh, yeah. what's the most you've run? Um, five, five. Is it just, a, yep. I mean, is it amazing? I, I've not run anything that big.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is. I mean, you're you're, you're in a center console doing 65. Miles an hour, seventy miles an hour it's you know it's i mean it's cool you know <laughs> i mean the fastest I've ever been on a boat was 113, Oh no kidding? So, or no one fourteen so um you know it's it's a different feeling it's it's it's
1: great were you running but, it you
0: gotta, huh
1: were you running it
0: no, I wasn't running i was i was riding um and um but yeah you know it's you you get your head. Up into the wind, and it's you realize because when you're sitting in the boat, you don't realize you're doing a hundred until you stick your face in the wind. Then you're like, "Oh my gosh, you know <laughs> we're scooting, you know, <laughs> like,
1: smoking here." But <laughs> that's but um, what was it? What was the what was the boat?
0: Oh, um, that one was a thirty-five motion.
1: Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's. uh I've got a a buddy of mine that races tunnel hauls like 200, mm-hmm. 210 in a you know a little. That's insane you know, he's crouched down in there. Yep, I, yep. Andy, I don't know how you do that, man. That's insane <laughs> to me. I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a laid back like, Hey, let's just get this thing up on plane and let's cruise. That's I like that style, mm-hmm. but uh, it would be fun to get out there and just put the hammer down and 113. Ah.
0: hmm Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, I, I'm used to a pontoon boat, you know, a pontoon boat was always built for you to load up. 15 people mm-hmm. and put around you know like put around all the canals and hang out on the boat but you know now you know i guess like you're saying you know so if he does a 450 and he's only using the boat on a lake and only putting you know a hundred hours a year on the engine then yeah, you know, now he's got this sleeper 250 that like you said he sees the formula and he can smoke it up to 85 miles an hour like That's a good point. Yeah. You meet
1: somebody at the restaurant, you're like, "Hey, let's uh let's get out there and race a little bit." I like the the sleeper yep, yep. idea of it. That makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like they never saw it coming. <laughs> no,
0: nope, they never cuz you know, you you can't tell um but yeah, so you know if if that's what you're doing with it, then then go for it if But if you're still in the mindset of, you know, you, you put all this money into this boat and you want it to last you 10 years, 15 years and not put any money into it. Like, you know, for one, your lower unit's going to take a beating like, oh yeah, that's and, and you're gonna have to change out the props and all that stuff. But if it's in the budget, you know, that's, and that's what you want, then, then go for it like
1: that's <laughs> i still i like that idea of just a a, a sleeper a sleeper 450 under <laughs> you got 200 horsepower they had no idea about yeah. <laughs> you're just busted by everybody oh that yeah that's that, kind of that different might be do right down there here. that makes me smile a lot I like yeah that.
0: i mean down here they 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 take like 250s and they put 450 stickers on there. That's what they do down here. They don't even
1: change anything on the engine. They just yeah, when you have the sandbar, yeah. nobody knows. They have no idea.
0: Yep, that's right. That's what they do down here. I mean, they paint them and then they put, you know, big numbers on there.
1: That's funny. That's funny. That's a real thing down there?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All over the place. Like all over. I mean, I think a lot of it is um, cowlings. Like they just swap out the cowlings. Yeah. But then there's a lot of them that, yeah, they, they paint their cowlings and they got like a two fifty Verado and then they put a four hundred sticker on there. Just yeah, to, it's,
1: that's easy to get a sticker. To... Yes, hey, yeah. I got to yeah. tell you, stickers <laughs> are way cheaper than a four hundred racing Merc.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. <laughs> Too funny.